0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Panthers Nation podcast on the Panthers Nation Network. Now, guys, I know we took a little bit of a sabbatical there. Everything's all right. We're back in action, back in full swing now. Truth be told, wasn't a whole lot going on, and we don't have the access, you know, to OTAs and to you know mini camps like some other people do. And so, while we had some great content coming out of Panthers Nation, our main account. You know, we—I mean, we—we we weren't able to really discuss that as much or be there that as much because you know we aren't really around. Um, but we're going to be coming back in full swing as we've gotten some—you know—finally some big news been breaking. We already were planning on talking today, but we had some big news breaking earlier today that this guy right here is very, very happy about. I would imagine, so Jeff, what's your take, of course, on Julio Jones going to the Titans. Uh, along with a, I think it was a 2023 third round pick for a 2022 second round pick and a 2023 fourth round pick, which.
1: We got Julio on a 6th round pick.
0: A six round, excuse
1: me. Yeah. And then they got a two and a four. Yes. Okay. A static, but I'm going to keep it calm. And, and the reason being is this. I've seen us. We got Andre Johnson at one point when he came off the Texans. Yeah, but that was like I know, but kind of I'm guess. just saying, Andre, John, you're talking names, and Julio was her last year. Let's be real. But, yeah, but you, up. I'm over the moon right now. But it's cautious, you know, optimism. Um, you know, we had Randy Moss at one point. Um, <laughs> so you know, I so think I think adding, you know, a Hall of Fame receiver, um, AJ Brown, Derek Henry. Ryan Tannehill, you know, not having Johnny Smith, I think any first girl will step right in and play great at tight end. Um, we got Josh Reynolds from the Rams. So I and I know Sean Thiessen and I will get into this probably because he put something out on Twitter today. To me, top three offense without question. I mean yeah, sure. blink and I with top three on um, paper. And and on paper, right. Now you got to come through. And here's the gist. People will say what they want about Ryan Tannehill. And I've seen it all day on Twitter, you know, why, why don't you go to a team that has a great quarterback? I mean, I don't know what else people want Ryan Tannehill to do.
0: I um, mean, look at the options that he was presented with and that he could have I mean what Carson Wentz and the Colts. Like, stop that. I'm taking taking Ryan Tannehill over Carson Wentz. The problem with this is and you've mentioned it, is it's great on paper. The Titans as a roster have been one of the best rosters on paper for the last probably five years or so, I would say up until the point, even at some points with Mariota, in terms of at least defensively, they were insane. Their offensive line with Derrick Henry was enough to facilitate an insane offense when you still would throw in, you know, Corey Davis, at least they in there a little bit, no matter who your quarterback was. But, um, I mean, that doesn't always translate to good coaching and coaching that was allowing it to, because you had guys that were coming in. I mean, what, you've had three head coaches in the last six years? Yeah. Maybe not even that. And don't get me wrong. I think Vrabel's coming and turning things around, but I get kind of where it's coming from. I think, I mean, on paper, I mean, I would go as, as well, far to say it on paper. They're they're it's that the Bucks and them are one and two, and they're not number two. <laughs> That's as far as I'm going right there. But that doesn't like I said, you gotta I think it just is this. You got
1: at the end of the day you gotta play. Well, you know, and it's it's Nashville. It it, it it's it's the Titans and they've never got respect every well And in the last five years, only four teams have had winning records every year. Okay. And it's oh stop, but it's been the Titans but they've been nine and seven or whatever it is, but they gone to an AFC championship and they gone to the playoffs and you know, they need that. It, it, listen, I think this is where you get Julio for a year. If you play two safeties deep, they're going to run Derrick Henry. Now listen, if I'm the new if I'm the new offensive coordinator, I'm loving life. And what I'm interested in is Arthur Smith from the Falcons. And these guys can talk about it trading Julio to the Titans where he came from. So did Arthur Smith get kind of go? Listen, if I'm gonna help anybody out, I'm gonna help my Titan crew out because they're not NFC. So I'm gonna give them, you know, especially
0: especially after he Uh, crapshooted the last half of that season by not even paying any mind to the task at hand. Right,
1: I know. Yeah, and and the AFC, you know, I mean the AFC. Well, no, no, sorry, the Buffalo, the Baltimore game. He had already been talking to the Falcons, but either way, I'm 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 excited. I think it's awesome. I think you know automatically you've you've. To me got one of the top three or four offenses in the NFL, and now you've revamped the defense some, but it's still that thing of listen, we got Jadavion Clowney, the sky was the limit. Oh my god, we got Jadavion Clowney, and all of a sudden, what did he do for the Titans?
2: Zero. So, well, but to be, but okay, no, 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 we gotta, no, be, right. honest what, we gotta be honest about what, what Jadavion Clowney is. He hasn't been a great pass rusher, probably besides a couple years with, with JJ Watt. He ain't never, he's never been a, an elite pass rusher, he's always been a capable. Pass rusher, but then if you're asking him to be that guy, then I'm looking at and I'm just looking at your roster defensively because that's where my all my questions have come from. If I'm looking at this roster, who is getting pressure? That that I mean you didn't generate any pressure last year, struggled on third down last year. Who's getting the pressure here?
0: Because you he lost to Quan Jones, and that's gonna hurt you. You got Simmons, but Simmons, it's well, okay, you got Jeffrey Simmons. If Bud Dupree's healthy, I say Bud Dupree yeah,
1: is a big pickup, yeah. And then you got um oh. Uh, and if
3: Tyler it, could probably help me out. Um, the guy from the Landry, huh? Uh, Denico Autry. Yeah, Denico De Autry yeah, from, from the he's, Yeah,
0: he's, he's serviceable. And, I
1: mean, so you, you got Jay, the, You got J. R. Brown back. Um, but I agree, dude. Don't get me wrong. And what bothers me right now is still the secondary. Oh
2: yeah, and that's, uh, see, that's, and, that's and that's and that's honestly my own. That's my, my only issue is it's just that if I'm Julio and I'm and I gotta pick a team to go to. Now, okay, my quarterback. If, if we put Ryan Tannehill and Matt Ryan up, up, up side by side, I probably take Matt Ryan. Running back, I'm I'm great at running back, but my number two option at receiver was better in Atlanta. Calvin really's Kevin really's a star. Calvin Ridley's a star and then alongside Kyle Pitts, who hasn't played a down in the league yet, but he's more talented than probably he's more talented than probably most of the tight ends in in, in today's game already even even before playing a down. So it's just if I'm looking at it from from that perspective, I I would have probably I could have picked a couple different spots that were more serviceable. Like okay, Baltimore, for example, they're a receiver away from being a true contender, like that, like they, they, I mean, do you have an MVP level quarterback? As, as is the defense has been solid for the last well, five, you know, three, four, three, four seasons. Your quarterback really only needs a true number one weapon that can go get open instead of having to create, yeah. instead of having having to create um, a passing, a passing openness for receivers who can't, for, for receivers who can't create for themselves. But I mean, there are a couple other options that I thought were better. But like, again. Ryan Tannehill is gonna be fine. He threw what thirty-three touchdowns, seven interceptions last year. Takes care of the mm-hmm. football. He's changed from the guy we saw in Miami, so I'm not. I'm not holding what happened in Miami against him. That Tannehill's gone. He seemed to get. He seemed to have gotten past so it We're hoping it's
0: because of gaze. We're hoping that was the the the, 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 the denominator. Yeah, yeah, we're hoping. Here's what I'm gonna say to it, and then we can transition into talking more about how it affects the the division. And here's where I'll kind of leave it. I do think, honestly, Chanté's though. While the Ravens would have been, you know, they would have needed that to get to this point. If you look at the, especially the Titans of last year and the Titans of who they are, and this has been the problem for a while for them, they are in a sense already a championship-ready team. When they're when the gas is all the way down, they can go and run with the best of them. The problem is, is that when you find a defense, because yeah, their defense has this lackluster, but if we really break it down in terms of just the way their roster is built on defense, it's not that much different from us in 2015. You have a you know have an, an average to above average 3.3 – You've got you've got linebackers that can transition in now if they're healthy now if Brown's healthy if Evans is healthy if Correa and and Dupree can both if they can mesh you got a good four there because they're going to do a three four I would imagine there it's your cornerbacks and your safeties that's the big question so if you can you know take away the quarterback's ability to be back there more than five seconds you're going to be okay but for the Titans last season while they couldn't create any pressure. They were putting up, I mean, what, there was four or five games they were winning. It was like 50 to like, or it was like 48 to like 42. And they won that game because Derek was able to get that last thing. The problem is, and you saw it in the Ravens game, if you shut down Derek, all that's left is AJ. If you shut down AJ, you're done. So this gives them, you're damned if you do your damned if you don't. You want to cover AJ? Cool. We got Julio. You want to cover Julio? Cool. We have AJ. You want to cover both of them? Cool, Derrick Henry's going to run. Like, that was what happened in the Ravens game is that they couldn't because the Ravens finally figured out, you know, how to tackle Derrick Henry. That's been the biggest problem for the Titans. But
1: even then, we were still – and Tyler can talk some, too. (laughs) We can tell her that just was, you know, Ryan Tannehill threw that interception at the end of the game, and we're right there. But I agree with you. This gives them a
0: two-dimensional where the Titans have always been a run However,
1: However, and here's the interesting part, Corey Davis actually had better stats than Julio Jones last year. Julio only uh, I, well, that, Julio that, that, only had three. I know, I know, I know, This is an upgrade from Corey Davis. I, I know. I it's cautious. I I'm, I've been around enough. It's cautious optimism. But, but I, this isn't I, like but do I think it takes them to the I, I think they're the number two team in the AFC without even blinking an eye.
0: In my I, mind, I think it's Kansas City.
1: Okay. And it's going to see. I'm going to go against you there with with yeah. Baltimore, and I don't. And I'm just not trying to be mean or anything. I'm still throwing on the ball. I'm, I'm still. I'm. I, I think the Bills. it, I think it Listen, it was, and, yeah. and this, maybe this is just my it was my half experience. Maybe it's just my favoritism, and I know it is, or whatever. I'll take Ryan Tannehill before I take Josh Allen. I'll take Ryan Tannehill Ooh. before I take Lamar Jackson Ooh. any day of that's, the week. That's your favoritism, in, right there. No, 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 no. Listen, Lamar. Okay, Lamar's done nothing more than Ryan has in terms of in the postseason.
0: There, but I mean, let's let's be real. Lamar
1: finally took a step in the why like, he beat the Titans
2: this year in the postseason. I, mean, I Ryan's, guess like Ryan's a ten-year vet, but you know that's. It. But well, I, mean, Ryan, what does, I mean, but well, Ryan. Let's we'll, we'll
0: consider his career starting when it's
1: out of the uh,
2: Titans. No, no, no.
1: Well, listen, Ryan Tannehill is the type of quarterback that's going to be great for Julio Jones because he has a great arm, he has a great pocket presence, and he's got a gun, and he can throw the ball, and he's just that pocket quarterback. Although he can run the ball too like crazy, I just think that to me. It, it may boil down to the defense. That offense is the second best in the AFC, I think, if compared they, to Kansas City, if they do it. And there's only one team in the NFC that's going to beat that, and that's, T- and that's
0: Tampa Bay. If they if they mesh. My confusion with Julio is what i like, I mean, I don't think he's going to be second fiddle, but he's not going to be the star that he wants to be. Now, maybe he doesn't want to be that, like, he doesn't want all that pressure on him anymore. He
3: might be a yeah. Well, <laughs> <it's all. laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know. It's going to be interesting to see compared with AJ Brown, who's you know this up and coming receiver and about to break out and be you know what we think in a couple of years like a t- potentially a top five receiver. Now Julio comes in. I wonder kind of how that stunts his growth potentially. Um, now that he has to kind of share the targets, but what I d- I think it just puts the team over the edge as it's a team that front office that wasn't making a lot of moves to really. You know, take that next step this offseason. I think the Julio move really moves the needle and does put them in, you know, top two or three contention in the AFC. So, um, I think, you know, having Julio there with AJ Brown is probably better than not because, um, you know, like Jack was saying, you stop Derrick Henry, you double AJ Brown. It's, you know, they didn't really have much else. Josh Reynolds uh, is a, average at best receiver right. and um you didn't really have any other options i you know ferkser is a good uh, receiving tight end here and there but um julio is an elite receiver still in at this stage of his career and to add him right now next to aj brown and um you know he fits that mold of the, the rest of the team kind of that big tough we're gonna you know smash you in the face i still think julio does have that toughness does have that dog in him so i think it's, it should be a good fit and um you know you got it. You got to pick who you want to stop week to week. Right. And, um, the you know, so, so you got three of them now. Three, uh, three workhorses on that offense. You got to pick at least one or two of them to stop.
0: Now, Ginger, you said that, Todd, because I, I think more I don't think it's going to stunt his growth per se, because I think the thing with AJ for his size and his you know metrics, the one thing he was kind of lacking was that high, you know, high point in the ball getting up their vertical threat. We didn't really see it that much in these last you know what two three years he's been in the league. Well, that can be Julio's bread and butter, you know, even though the red zone percentage wasn't always the best, that was still something he could go up and get up and do. I think that'll help add, you know, another weapon to his repertoire there and allow him to kind of learn through that. I just think it's, you know, it, it could it could very well be, you know, like getting, uh, I mean, getting like an Andre Johnson or getting something like that, you know, back there. But it could also be like, I mean, I, to me, I think the upside could be, and I mean, not as obviously the exact same because I don't think the same, you know, anywhere the same caliber. But I think it'd be like getting, you know – getting Calvin Johnson in in his last six years, you know, I mean, even that point in his last five, six years, he was still making incredible impact on a crap team. So I think that's what you could, you, because I mean, I mean, he's getting a little up there in age, you know, not to zero eleven. 11. Yeah. I mean, so he's still got some, he's still got probably, I'd say two, three years there about. Nah, I'd probably say more than that. i say, well, it depends on injuries. You got to remember. Well, his his, has, yeah. It, yeah, has, yeah. 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 Oh, it yeah. It's really honest, and see, that was also the biggest. Concern. I think that's where maybe people like didn't want to offer as much because you don't know what he's going to come out and come back like. I mean, he came in for what like a week or two weeks this year, and then went right back out like he was injured to start, and then came in for two weeks, and then he was right back out again, and then he was up and down well, the rest of the season. So
1: another thing too is, and not, and we can move on, or we can talk about how this affects the division. Corey Davis was due fifteen point six eight million for his fifth year. And Julio's fifteen point three. Yeah. So we exactly. got Julio for three hundred thousand dollars less. How in the world was he doing then, that much
0: money for his fifth year? What kind of fifth year option is that? It
1: was just Corey Davis. I mean, that's the overall pick. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, right.
1: Gosh, I mean, Corey, was, uh, Corey Davis was supposed to be the man. And, you know, I mean, I don't I don't know what happened there and and in terms of that, but I mean, so we ended up making I mean well, they were two that was interesting. And to give up a two and a four, a two next year nothing. a four the following year. That's, 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 that's,
3: uh, That's It's, 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 it's not, it, you
1: know, and it's, it, it, listen, it's t- Brian Tannehill. It's go time. I think he's got two years, you know, three years, you know, whatever. But it's, it's go time. So this is the window is there to do it. Yeah. Titans will be taking and how with their first round yeah, next year. Yeah. <laughs> and with that division, you know, listen, I, whatever. I mean, I, I think it puts the Titans in, they, I mean, there should be no question they win that division. It should yeah, be, for sure. It.
0: At the beginning of this thing, all right. I know, I know, to, I know. We we could talk. I mean, skip to fifteen ahead. But, but anyway, back. To- so now, what it does for you
1: for you for for the Panthers
0: and, and, and the division. I mean, I think that was what I think getting Pitts was very telling. I think more so than we realized at the time. I mean, at the time, it just looked like getting best player available. But I think the relationship there. I think there was a lot going weird, going weirdly wrong with Julio and the Falcons' relationship and ownership throughout the last you know couple of years, probably since honestly 2016. Um, and so I think this was probably more obvious than we had realized, even though it wasn't much chirping about it. Um, so, I mean, you go with, you know, you, you lose Julio, but then you get Kyle Pitts who can be, can be, the, the keywords can be, what, it, what they can be. And the Falcons are another team that always look really, really, really good on paper. Always the roster's like, okay, they're going to come out the gates. They're going to come firing on all cylinders. And then they're dead on arrival. They do they do nothing, and in in, in, they, they 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 speak and they or they stick in that area of mediocrity the entire season. So I mean, it, it's all about can be for them. And I I I just don't know what to expect from Matt Ryan. I've never really know. I mean, you you get your stats, you get your you know what you you get your metrics, him, but in terms of actual success and in terms of impact, like I just don't know what to expect from him, especially at this age when we thought he was going on the chopping block too. So even if you have Cal Pitts and you have Calvin Ridley, what all is that translate to?
3: Yeah, that's that's the interesting thing here with their offseason is when did they know about the Julio debacle? Because they knew it was it before the draft. draft. Yeah, if it was before the draft. then taking Pitts doesn't make a whole lot of sense as you're you know trying to make this you know make the most of Matt Ryan still being on your team and trying to make a playoff run. If you knew that at that point. You know, and you're picking at four overall with all these quarterbacks available to you, uh, Justin Fields or Matt Jones. Uh, you you go ahead and take your guy and, you know, try to rebuild this thing. But now they take Pitts. You assume they're going to keep the quarter together with Julio, with Ridley. And then you have Pitts, so this juggernaut on offense, you know, kind of like we've seen with the Chiefs, you know, maybe go for something like that. But, but now you kind of got Pitts. And, uh, you know, Matt Ryan's going to be on the team for a couple more years just because his contract, his age, everything, how that works out. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I, I really question their offseason, especially with that fourth overall pick. I mean, adding Pitts doesn't doesn't you know it doesn't hurt he's gonna be an elite tight end that's gonna make a difference for a long time as for the panthers no matter what's going on with the falcons we know we're gonna split games with them we're gonna to lose to them no matter who they have and no matter how they're playing and. Um, but yeah, I don't... I don't think it really affects the Panthers too much, though, because, you know, the, the division is, you know, the Saints are kind of going downhill with. We don't really know what's happening at quarterback. It's probably going to be Jameis. But, you know, it's a changing of the guard there. Uh, the Bucs are loaded and they're going to be, you know, they got everybody back from their Super Bowl team. So I think they're you know favorite. You know, they should win the division. And uh, we're kind of there sitting in the middle with uh, you know a lot of upside, a lot of potential. And we have J.C. Horn now, which is going to help a lot against you know they only have Pitts and they only have Ridley, so we can I pick one of they, them. The yeah. DBs
0: that were smiling the most after that yeah. news went That's
3: out. A, yeah, we, we still got a lot of still got a lot of dogs in the in the division at receiver that we got to worry about. Right. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I think um, the Falcons are going to be among the bottom of the division again. But um, they're just no team to sleep on for the Panthers, no matter who they have.
2: Yeah, it's just it. Uh, I don't, yeah, it didn't really make much difference to me, honestly. If Julio stayed, if Julio went. Look, Matt Ryan still put up numbers. Yeah, I mean, he—that's that, the one thing he's been able to do, no matter whether what the record is like. He's gonna put up numbers. So they—they're uh, still not a very good team. If, if, if we're—if we're, we're just looking at the defense, the defense didn't really improve. Your offense got better. I get—I mean, not necessarily better. It's kind of just—it's kind of staying, you know, even keel. But we still have no idea what Kyle Pitts is like, you know. So the Saints—I—I I, I won't lie—I I expect more out of the Saints probably than most, than most people do. I think they—I think because of Sean Payton, I, because of I trust him as a coach enough to believe that they'll still be uh, a playoff esque type team. Like they're going to be like a French playoff team for sure. I mean, I, I mean, I I think that I don't think we're ready to take that next step. I mean, if we're ready to beat the Saints and everything. Then by all means, great. But I think we're still a uh, you know a year a year or so away. I mean, I think we have a lot of a lot of talent and potential. But you know, that's all. It's all it is right now. It's not. It's still unrealized. I mean, we have. A lot, I mean, our biggest question mark is Sam Darnold. So until. We figure out what he is, and and hopefully, maybe it was just Adam Gates that that hampered his career as well. We kind—I mean, we're just a talented, very talented roster, very young, talented roster, hoping to put it together and learn how to win football games. But we have a quarterback that doesn't know how to win yet, so we kind of, you know, we're kind of, we kind of still wait. But we tons of potential, but just nothing really changes. I think we're still around. We should finish. If we finish fourth, I'll be highly disappointed. Though somebody's got to get somebody yeah, no. getting fired. If we finish fourth. I'll be yeah. like, because that can't happen.
1: I think Tapper. two things, and I and I agree with what all you guys have said. I think for the for the DBs, you gotta love to see Julio gone. I mean, that's just it is what it is. Especially with that DB, you know. I think J. C. Horns gonna be a special player even from the get go. Um, you know, and what you said, uh, Chantise, about the Saints. I mean, listen, if if you get the Jameis that can play, you got a quarterback that can ball out. If he can just get his head on straight and not make stupid plays. If he's capable of doing that, they can they can play ball. I think interesting sure. he too with the pits pick, and what were they fourth? Was that the fourth pick? Fourth. fourth. Yeah. I get it. That's great, or whatever, but I agree with what Tyler said about quarterbacks or whatever. Because don't forget, and not that he's had a chance to shine as much, but you got Hayden Hurst. Yeah. You know, but, but he's never gotten a chance to really shine. And you take yeah. somebody like Delaney Walker, who played behind um Brandon well, Davis. Brandon Davis. Yeah, you always get that that tight end who you know, gets in there and, 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 is special and plays. With, look, John o. Smith and Anthony, Anthony first, first became a Titans, but we love him. We are like, this is a guy who can ball out. It's just this guy who finds a way to get it done. Yeah. So Hey nurse is not Kyle Pitts. I get it. No. But in terms of was he a manageable tight end that could go out and play a game and be in there every play. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, when Kyle Pitts is sitting there, I mean, obviously you need to get Matt Ryan some weapons, but with that being said, uh, if they knew Julio was gone, and I think they did, go get yourself one of those receivers was, that was that, that was higher up there. Go get one of those instead of Kyle Pitts.
0: I mean, and then you had
1: Hey Nurse. Go jump on whoever – Tamar you
0: know. Chase or you could get – I mean, that's – I'm just that's saying that's
1: where you could have gone.
0: I mean, that wasn't – I guess we really too far out of the woods. But, I mean, it was very confusing to just think about why they would – You know, it, it depends on when they knew it. In my mind – also, especially considering what they were what they were okay with taking for Julio. I just think, thought they knew there was this was a crap shoot no matter what was gonna happen. Unless nobody was offering anything. It's the same thing with DeAndre Hopkins. Unless we as fans just don't understand the business metrics of, of trades, I think that's a huge win for the Titans and a huge waste for the
2: Falcons, unless that can become more valuable than I imagine it to be. I saw a tweet today where it says like what in what world does Julio and Brandon Cook have the same trade value? Yeah, yeah like, you know, in the NFL, it's weird because I mean, it's weird because I mean, honestly, Julio's worth the first. If I'm gonna be honest; he's, he's uh, better than your first, he's gonna be better than your first round pick is because he's a proven player and not a guy that you hope is gonna be something. He, he's agree. A, he's a proven commodity. So, in what world can you get away with only get or only giving up a second round pick for him? I have
1: no idea. I, I do. And we gave up a fourth, but we got a sixth. Like, so I mean, I, like, I, when when they said. I had my phone off, actually, and I turned my phone on, and all of a sudden I'm getting all these texts. But I'm like, a second-rounder? like Because anything past the third round is
0: just kind of I would have given null no and I mean, void I, almost.
1: I would have thought somebody would have jumped in there, whether it was Seattle or Baltimore. Somebody would have jumped in there and said, hey, we'll give you a, a one. And I just – the, the way the way I mean, NFL is nowadays, and you get third and fourth and fifth and sixth-rounders who become more valuable than a first or second-round pick. And like you said, John he's, He's more valuable than any first rounder. We look back at our first rounders,
2: <laughs> you know, that, that, you know, that, that was great for us. It's I, I guess it's, it's, it's telling about how the NFL views any other position besides quarterback, because quarterback. Okay. I had to go back and look at the Matt Stafford deal. The Rams sent two first round picks to get to, you know, the, the, to get Stafford. But You're trying Stafford's, to send eight, pick eight. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, bro, like you, like, you know, like it's, you know, and Stafford's an aging quarterback. that hasn't. That I mean, if I'm if I'm just grading them per position, Stafford's not close to Julio as far as I being a best his position. But I understand quarterbacks more is a more important position than 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 receivers. So I mean, I guess it just.
3: No.
2: I mean, you can throw even if anybody thrown back there,
0: I can be thrown back there. There's no one to catch it. What's it gonna matter? Exactly, Falcons. So. Uh,
3: Falcons traded Muhammad Sanu for a second to the Patriots a couple years ago, and now they get a second for the best player in franchise history. <laughs> Like what? Whoa,
2: that's
0: a. It's it a, a different discussion there. You think best in franchise history?
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I think
1: so. Sure. Yeah, look at their yeah. whole video from today where they say thank you to him.
0: Yeah,
1: um, it's I. They said it. 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 It is their franchise. It is who they will always be known. For. Like it. It was a pretty powerful video. I yeah. agree with you. I mean, I saw. Well, yeah, I can't even like. Well, you put Michael Vick in there, Steve Barkowski. Yeah, Steve Barkowski. I mean. Uh, you can't really put Vic in there. I mean, I uh,
2: f- from a PR standpoint, they're never gonna. No, football.
1: I know, I know, Vic caballo Michael I Vick mean, Cabal. oh. Vic
2: mean, The Falcons
0: pretty much on like back in national attention and yeah. back Vic in
2: the. Match. And the Falcons are synonymous as far as to the culture. We all know who. Or is, okay. is what, is what about Atlanta? Atlanta? What?
1: Dion's always gonna be a cowboy. Yeah,
2: yeah but he's so, a cowboy.
1: Yeah. yeah, Dion's always gonna be a cowboy.
2: Yeah. He he he's more of a cowboy than he is a Falcon. He's great. Yeah, you know, he has great use in Atlanta.
1: It's it's it is the face of the franchise. It is Is Tony Gonzalez more of a chief.
2: Or Ooh, I say okay. right. so what about Tony, Tony? God, I a, he, Oh shit. That's
0: Tony's got to be a chief. He's 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 got to be a chief. You got <sighs> headaches. He gave us still
2: that. I mean, I if we can still. Oh, he, had,
0: he gave us. He had a
2: he had a great second half career resurgence in Atlanta. I mean, he looked phenomenal. I didn't, I not I couldn't tell he was old, but I mean, he he's he's, he's, a, he's a chief. he, he he's yeah. a chief.
0: Man, I just like stirring the pot there. I mean, I don't really want to talk about Falcons' greats anyway. Regardless, <laughs> I'd rather talk about the newcomers that we got coming up here in Charlotte because from what we've been looking at from OTAs, we've been seeing pretty much some things we've expected. And first off, I want to say with a disclaimer, minicamp and OTAs are not games. You can have good throws, you can have bad throws. It doesn't matter because there's nobody coming at you. You're throwing to nothing. Like so, people that are going at Darnold and going all this different way, like Panthers Twitter always is and always does. Pump your brakes. It's a fun you, place. Like, you can analyze each throw if you'd like to, but until we get preseason, and, and I really, honestly, not until we get to week one, just hold your horses, okay? Yeah. You don't know what it's going to be like in a game scenario. We thought Teddy was going to be one way to games. Look how that turned out. Like, you got to just take everything with a grain of salt. With that being said, I think someone who's been making a pretty big splash, and I to, much to our benefit, has been Shy Smith, because some of the things I've been seeing, some of the routes he's been running, even though one of them was a pretty bad, one, a pretty good one on on D Jack, I just think Shy's been making a name for himself, and I wouldn't be too surprised if I see him running with the ones and twos come come training camp.
2: Yeah, I, because because I, the the only issue that Shy had, and and, and and I couldn't understand it on when when the draft came, was that he started slipping because of you know some things that started coming out about care of the issues that I don't know where they came from, but they did they it started come, I mean, at least on at least on draft day. That's what the the the, the 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 conversation was. So I don't, really? I can't, I can't really speak to that. But he's, but he's, he's uber talented. First of all, the week he had at in Mobile, I knew it would it, it would translate into Matt Rulens. Somebody had to say, yeah, we got, yeah, we want him because he had a great week. He, he dominated one on ones, dominated the game. And a lot of guys usually only dominate the, the the practice sessions, and the game doesn't really matter as much. But he was able to translate it in in, in both areas. Look, I mean, you got. I mean, you Robbie Anderson again on, on, on the last year of his deal. They'll be looking to. He'll be looking for more money elsewhere. Terrace Marshall is looking to be the future. David Moore is more of a stopgap player. He's a guy that you you like on your roster for for right now. But if I got a guy in the back that that's, that's that would be a cheaper option. That's a guy we can develop. That I, that I'll that I'll take it. Again, I, at some point, at some point in time this year, he'll 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 be getting you know reps with the ones. Preseason is going to be huge for him. That's going to be his big show. That's going to be where everybody gets to see. Because, I mean, six-round picks don't usually have this much clamor going on about them heading into training camp. But this was a little different.
3: Yeah, yeah. He looks real good out there. Just, Just like we saw in Mobile, just like we saw in film. You know, real short, compact, good route runner. Um, and he's going to work his way up. Um, it might be not this year or next year, but he's going to get his way onto the field. He's going to be a good return man um, at, at some point in his career if he can work his way onto special teams. Uh, this year is going to be interesting for him because we yeah, we got DJ Robbie and then Terrace ahead of him for sure, and then David Moore right now probably you know a more experienced player and has the advantage on the, in the depth chart that way. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if David Moore got cut before uh, the preseason. You know before yeah. the draft we signed him and uh, we were thinking maybe he'd be our. Three receiver but then we bring in terrace we bring in shy and um all of a sudden it's like well hopefully david morgan's play special teams because you know he's probably still competing with terrace for that third spot but i could see him ending up as the fifth receiver at some point in the season as shy beats him out also um and you know me me and shauntis were talking in the group chat a couple weeks ago um how you know robbie you know he Gets traded, doesn't resign. Uh, I'm assuming as a franchise, we'll keep D- DJ around long term. And we have Terrace and enter Shy Smith into the slot role, and there, there we go. We're set at receiver for that. And I'd be fine rolling into a season with Shy Smith in the slot, Terrace Marshall, and DJ Moore. That's not that's not a half bad receiving core. Nope. And so I, I, you know,
1: I, I to me, and I'm the cock-out optimist or whatever. You you the I, I, yeah, I could see him running with the ones and twos or pretty quick. And and I mean. He's got that just—he's got that raw talent and, and to go get it and stuff like that. And I know that John Robinson—I mean, he—you know—if Shai would have been sitting around there for the Titans to get him, John Robinson spoke just incredibly highly of his work ethic.
0: Well, say what he did in Mobile, and you know what he did in—you
1: know—in Mobile that was huge.
0: What he did in Mobile, and it's kind of showed up. And that was—it was always interesting the dichotomy between Corey Davis and Curtis Samuel, two very similar receivers drafted around the almost the exact same time thereabout. Came up with the same set of skills, the same can be out of the backfield, can be on the you know on the motion, can be on the jet sweep, whatever you want. They had the footwork, they had the change of direction, and that's where they're coming out of. And both guy, both teams were losing that guy. They knew they couldn't keep that guy for their team this year. And you had another guy, where shy, he still is rough around the rough around the edges, but with the, with the way his hands are, but he's got that explosive, that change of direction, that footwork. As long as he keeps continuing to fine tune it, both Corey Davis and Curtis Samuel balled out in their pro days, in their in their in their in their, you know, whatever they could do before the draft, he did that as well. And so I think that's why I think it was like if it wasn't to us, he was going to the Titans. I don't think there's any ifs, ands, or buts about that because what you d- did essentially is replaced not replaced, but you know, filled that need to have the exact same person. You can just plug him right in. Any any plays you had in your playbook where Curtis's route was highlighted, boom, put Shy in there. I mean, and Shy, he's gonna be able to run Shy that. Route Jet sweet. Sweet. I mean, I can yeah, see like,
1: Shy doing that. I mean all those things that, that Curtis did I, can I can see see think like field, right.
0: If we, really no, yeah, to. right. I, if we really wanted to, he's not have you know his. He needs a little bit more power, I would say, off of the front first go. But we yeah. I mean, can get that. You can you can work through that in your in your camps and get yeah, to it. Sure. And I did
1: see the stuff about the the draft stuff, like you talked a little bit about that or whatever. It's <laughs> this. Um, it, it's you and me. It's the media that to me they blew. <laughs> Listen, they're going to take the littlest things and blow it up. I had yeah. a, he's a, he's a G- GTA, like, you know, it's it, you know, it is what it is, and and so you know, the media, you know, they can do what they want to do with it and stuff, but uh, listen, you know, um, you know, he's making waves, and then on the other side, you got JC. I mean,
2: the boy looks good,
0: the boy, the one video of him running, I think it was the comeback or the comeback cover. And his pad level never changed his knees. I don't think ever moved out of parallel. It was just, it was a thing of beauty real quick before we, I just want to talk about the receivers real quick. Cause I think David Moore, I, I do think he'll, I think, I think maybe, he
1: gets cut during the preseason.
0: If another team is looking for
1: something or maybe you trade him. I mean, if a team is looking for I something, I ain't going to trade. Him. I don't think I, I think right, I get a cut. second round pick. Oh <laughs> <Huh>?
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> but he would find a
0: spot. He would find a spot somewhere. Oh, if he gets cut, probably go back to the Seahawks. <laughs> I think his best case scenario was he was going to be another role-wise like a Jericho Cottery or a, you know a, um, a, a Torrey Smith or you know even maybe you know like that was his that was the only role he was going to play that you know pseudo veteran who could at least be out there and make a serviceable third down catch where we needed something like that you know something to that nature I don't think he was ever going to make an impact I think the receivers I think in listening to it when Tyler was talking about it I mean. There, I always I, you don't want to compare, the, you know, the past to the, to the present and anything of that nature. But I think you know if you're looking at DJ Terrace and Shy and what they could be as receivers as a group, to me that sounds very, very similar to a Steve Smith, Moosen, and even Ricky coming in on the side where you've got that you know third sure. guy and you've got the height of Terrace can lock down. You know, he's got the physicals. If you can lock, you know, if he can get development and come, you know. Fill the role that we wanted a Devin Funches to be. We wanted, you know, Kelvin Benjamin to be, and he can actually be that guy, like Moose was when we had Smith. And then you, you, and then you can have. I mean, Ricky was just running around the field whenever he needed to, if he had to get something. You can have Shy, obviously, a more modernized version of right. the role that he played as as the number three, because that was a, I mean, that was a, that was the best receiving core we've ever had.
2: It's just the potential, the level of potential that's there for this team, because we got better on defense. That's the, you know, we we question. How Much better could we get on defense? Well, I think we got the best cornerback in the draft. All right, great. Well, what what? What else did we do? We showed up the defensive line. The defensive line got better. We had added Hassan already, added uh, added Jones from Tennessee. So, your interior your interior line got better. You added a veteran, a veteran to play alongside Derrick Brown. That I think will help bring him along. Your your linebacking core, I mean, it got better if we considering what we had last year. What, it's, what you hear why it is this up is an upgrade. We still don't have, I don't think the. The future at that position, just just yet. And I think we'll they'll still be looking for that, in you know, probably in next year, this upcoming draft, or you know, that, or down the line. But everything we did, we did improve. We at least tried to improve it in, in, in every area. I thought I think we did great with the tight end room. I think Dan Arnold, as athletic as he is, I like what we have with him. Tommy Tremble. I mean, I yeah, he's a he's a project guy. He's a, he's a project for right now. He won't. I just I just don't think he won't provide anything for us. Receiving wise, for probably a couple, probably a couple of years, but yeah, again, I, we at least try to address every every position, every need. Sam Darnold is still is, is still like I said, the last question mark. He's got is he's got the most talent he's he's gonna he's he's had he's seen since his days at USC. So at this point, hopefully, if they can you know fix whatever's been wrong with him, he's still young. He's what I think he just turned what twenty four. So I mean he so he's still a very young quarterback in this game. He's still right alongside all the young. QB's and he's going into year four. So I mean, the sky's, sky's the limit. Hopefully, hopefully he can. Hopefully they can fix whatever was wrong in New York. And I think a lot of things were wrong in New York that weren't Sam Darnold's fault. So
1: and and if they do, and when they do, I'll say when they do. And it's going to be they're going to come out. Listen, that's a top. You know what? Top ten offense. If yeah. Darnold doesn't be, do, I mean, and if CMC's healthy. And and gets back and he's yeah, good to be That's another
2: big thing too. Um, which
1: is kind of weird that we haven't like heard. I mean, has he even been an OTA? I don't know. Uh, but it's like yeah, anything. Yeah, he's been anything, he's been there, yeah. anything he um he uh you know if he like you know as long as he's healthy. I mean that that offense, like you said, Darnold's got more than he's ever had, and he's got rid of Adam Gase.
0: I'm hoping the gaze effect comes into play here, and he can right. have that kind of Tannehill movement. I'm not. I, I, don't to on, no. I don't mean to keep. I don't mean keep going back to Tannehill, but it's it's I mean that's your example for. of what you're looking at. And I think honestly, the one thing because you just talked about it, and I was thinking about it earlier with Perriman, I think it's something at least we have forgotten about here in the group. We never mentioned it. He played with TD for two two years in San Diego, two three years maybe. I have to think TD still talks to owners in front office a little bit to go, Hey, my boy Perryman is good. He, he's good. Like he would be a good fit. I just, I mean, that connection there just can't be that, you know, that, that light to where that wouldn't cause, you know, someone to say, Hey, let's go get this guy. That's why I think there, because that's where I think our linebackers, it's all good. It's to Again, I think the defense could be very, very pivotal. I think it's success could could lie on how, chin does honestly and what because we talked about it we're gonna um and it, and it bears mentioning again it's not we're not going to be looking at the same chin we saw last year he's not going to be as productive because chin was just he completely outshined what he should have done in his rookie year but we've never seen chin in a safety role in a true coverage safety position at all and except for maybe maybe one or two times last year you would think we don't know what we're going to get. I mean, he was coming. He was basically just a linebacker last year that could play wherever. Here he doesn't need to be that this year because we have a myriad of weapons that we can throw at whoever we're going up against. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see how Shin does in a true safety. I mean, I think if he can be like a Kurt Coleman or just be someone who can just come in at the free safety position, just bounce around wherever, and then come into the jump, and we get a good strong safety to actually facilitate that, then I think we're fine.
2: Oh, he's he playing free
0: safety? I'm saying I, uh, I think regardless it, of what he's supposed to be playing, I think that's what he needs to be playing. It's safety chin, right? But is it free or strong?
2: I, I would probably wanna run him at the strong. But see, I think, it, kind of, did, it, it fits more so what he did last year. It keeps him around the football, which is where he where he's best out yeah, right. how good his cover skills are. I mean, he's he's gonna have to be a good he's gonna have to be able to cover, but I yeah, I'd probably have this year,
3: though. <laughs> that's
0: not I'm saying. It depends on what we do with him because you know we didn't have. I mean, he, we didn't really see him in either of them last year. We saw him at that kind of mid-level yeah. of, yeah. You know, not second level, not third level, almost like a shortstop for the defense, where he was just kind of in the middle there. So we just don't know what it's going to be, and that's I think going to be very telling for the defense because also on the other side, you just have Burris. Once they get past the defensive acts, it's it's just maybe perfect.
2: hopefully Kenny Robinson. Like you know, is able to yeah. stick on the roster this year and Because I like his potential. It's like I like his potential as a talent more so than Burrs. You know, Burrs, for what it's worth, I don't think Burrs was horrible. I just think that he's just a he. He's a very low ceiling type of player. Yeah, like mm-hmm. he, he he can be uh if you were on, if you had a good defense, he could be a serviceable player on a good defense. Serviceable. That's it. He's not. A, I don't think he's a starter, but he can play somewhat.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think they really like as – a, as a franchise, they really like Burris and they really feel comfortable with Sam Franklin too, which I'm not comfortable with that at all. But, um, you know, I've, over our little hiatus this past couple weeks, I've been watching uh, some film from the Panthers' defense last season and a couple of things stood out. One of them is that, uh, you know, Sam Franklin, they felt comfortable with him back there. But also uh, a couple other things that stood out to me on film was Dante Jackson. Uh, he performed a lot better than I thought just from, from watching live games. He stood out to me. Um, Shaq Thompson also stood out to me as I was going back and watching some things. Uh, you know, he's a lot, really smart player still and still really athletic. So I was happy with him. And then another thing that really stood out to me was Yator. And he was all over the place and he was – um, I don't think talked about enough as a rookie in his first year on that D line. And um, I think he's ready to start this year and take that next step because, um, yeah, he was all over the place and he was putting me much more of an impact than I thought um, just watching the live games. And then also just Brian Burns is, I think he's going to take that next step this year and become elite.
0: Yeah. I mean, the defense, like I said, there's not, there's like, it's a, one of those things it's good. On, it's great looking on paper. And like I said, I think, I mean, it's, it's crazy to put them in this position because again, it's year two. But a lot of this rides on the way if the, how the coaches can get this talent together and get it to perform well on the field. Because I mean, I'm not saying the window's going to close after a year, but like the fans are itching for consistent success and to be
2: as good as we think we are. Yeah. So the fans are impatient. It, it, here's the thing: they made it this way because it. You could have gave yourself a, a bumper if you if you would have drafted a quarterback. That would have gave you a bump because see, I could, I have to wait at that point by at least year two or three before I can really say like okay, what where, where are the results? But because you went with Teddy, who is supposed to be a veteran guy supposed to help bring bring you along faster, then you go Sam Donald, who is uh, you know a young quarterback with potential, but hasn't done anything in the league just yet. You keep that position is really where you're making it hard for us to really wait because all right, you're you're adding guys that. Are supposed to be players right now, so how many years do we got to wait before you can put 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 a quarterback on the field that can that can play? That's that's always it's, it's always going to be the biggest question everywhere else on the field. Phil Snow progressed well with that defense last year. I expect um, Joe Brady to become a better to, to grow as a play caller this year. He had a I mean he had a show flashes last year, but he's still got a ways to go before he's truly an elite play caller. Well, and <laughs> you know. This year too, I get it and stuff, but
1: really, I mean, year one wasn't. I mean, it, it wasn't bad. Three or four games by a possession, and we keep going back to Teddy to a point in terms of that. So, if that defense, you added, you added, you added some spots, you added some players and stuff. That defense stays where it is, or even ups it a little bit, and Sam Darnold just takes a step forward.
0: Well, you're, you're, here's, here's the thing with that, though. I mean, you went – so you say you win those four games. Right. Say you win those – I'm saying say you last win those four year. games last year. Say you win those four games last playoffs. year. the playoffs. Okay, then what? Like, just because you have regular season success does not mean you are ready for playoff games. We've seen that in the past, where just because they're successful the rest okay. of the season, they're – But I Boston okay. So, I mean – You
1: don't want to go to the playoffs. Okay, but then you don't – So, then we Even if you're one and out, do you – I mean, is your
0: – Our draft pick is 16. And then, like, it doesn't mean we're ready, and it doesn't mean we're ready to get the play. If you make the playoffs and can't make it to the Super Bowl or win, what was the point of making the playoffs? In my yeah. mind, I mean, I mean, I get that, but I because wasn't it not get
2: home either, I go. By. What,
0: well, it it, it takes listen Coming from a Titans okay, perspective, fact- You were able to make it in the wild. You know, you made the wild card two years. You know, you were sitting at nine and seven, on the fringe of it. Okay. How, where the hell? How'd that help you?
1: That okay? Okay, let me just go here for a second. Stay with me. We were talking about draft picks and everything else, your brother and I in the car when we were driving the other day. We talked about Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Say what you want about Marcus Mariota. People will say he is a bust, or people will say whatever. Marcus Mariota put the Tennessee Titans back to prominence. That game against Kansas City in the playoffs started their run to who the team they are now, at least from my perspective. So whether we went to the Super Bowl or not, we beat Kansas City in Kansas City. We got trounced in New England. But that took the next step. It's that it's that prominence of going, I don't want to sit at home. I mean, if, if I'm playing wild card weekend, and all of a sudden it's the Carolina Panthers versus even if it's Tampa Bay, win or lose, you don't get that. As a I fan, do. yeah, I you, do. That there's nothing to me. You The playoffs, I, I'll be honest with you, that wild card weekend,
2: if you're a football fan, you live for that. It's a lovely weekend. I mean, okay, think about it in a sense of, Remember when we first met the playoffs with Cam and, and those guys? We got bounced first round. We got we got bounced in the Okay, great. And, and then the next year, you win a playoff game. you yeah, that's a wild card game. You you want to play? It. You have to you have to take steps. And, and, and I mean, now mind you, I'm okay when I'm making it last year because our quarterback wasn't the guy we wanted. But so yeah. that, that so so that I understand. So I, if, in that perspective of what it have clouded the judgment of the front office to say, well, we should keep Teddy. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. But I mean. You know now, I mean, I, now I'm okay. Like we're gonna be coming to the playoffs this year. I mean, I mean, I mean, we there's not we we can't add all top ten draft picks everywhere and, and right. To go, you you know, know. It's
0: just the direction of this team. Like especially then that was the point where like we said, okay, our base is good. We can just fill in these plug in and these old you know bargain bin players, and we'll be fine. And then it caused us to never actually get the impactful players for our future. And then you never solve those problems. Whereas here we don't. It's not the same problems per se, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, if we were to have won it last year, we wouldn't go and we would have been fine what? with, oh, dear, why well, have a service enough to get to the playoffs? Let's keep to here instead of getting, you know, a guy like Denzel Perryman who can be an upgrade. Does that make but sense? You, yeah,
1: but you said, you know, like you're picking 16, 18, 20 or whatever. Got it? Yeah. I'm just on the tightest kick. Sorry. I mean, Derrick Henry was the second round. I mean, well, that was just I pure, mean you know, that was Kevin Byard, Kevin Byard was a third round pick. I mean, Howard Brian
2: Burns was the 16th overall pick. pick.
1: I mean, I know, that's, I'm that's just, what I'm getting at is, you know, I mean, we can go back to Marcus and Jameis. And go, guess what? Marcus and Jameis. I mean, do you know what I'm getting at? So I do. I, to, for me, not that, I don't know, that yeah. moment against Kansas City, even though we were nine and seven and went nine and seven, nine and seven, we were in the playoffs. And that wild card weekend, I don't care. Like, like Shanti said, I, the Super Bowl, I mean, to me, the wild card weekend to me is the best
0: weekend in football, even beyond the divisional yeah. one. Super Bowl has been disappointing the last few years. Super Bowl has been incredibly disappointing. The last good Super Bowl, and, in all honesty, was probably 2016. that was Patriots and Falcons.
2: Because even that Chiefs and 49 Super Bowl, I was kind of –
0: And the Eagles-Patriots was gross either way. At least with Patriots and Falcons, I was like, okay, I can stomach the Patriots winning as long as the Falcons. I didn't really want to stomach the Eagles winning. All right, Tyler, you want to be in the playoffs or not?
3: Yeah, it's as long as you're making steps steps towards going to the Super Bowl, it's worth it. Right. If you have a if you have a quarterback like Teddy, where you know it's not a long term answer, you know your roster is not ready, and you're barely going to squeeze out a playoff spot, and you might not right. make it next year, then I don't want to go. Then I want to I want the draft pick. But if I have a young quarterback, if I have a young team with a great foundation, I'm okay with going to the playoffs and losing if that means building a culture and building. Um, the team with experience to get in the steps in the right direction to get there eventually one day. And that's the goal. And, you know, first round picks are first round picks. This draft is somewhat of a crapshoot. Um, and you'll see guys in the top 10, and, you know, Corey Davis didn't resign with the Titans. You know, guys it's not always a guarantee if you get a guy in the top 10 that he's gonna be a long-term starter for you. You can still find guys that can contribute in the late 20s, the early twenties, where you would be if you lost in the playoffs. So I think as long as you're making the steps towards getting to the Super Bowl in a couple of years, um, yes, you wanna you want to get that experience and build the culture and um get those guys the playoff experience because that's a whole different game than playing a regular season at one o'clock on a on a Sunday.
0: Well, that was my main and that was my main driving point, is that I just hated the fact that like People are just going, oh, our only problem was Teddy last year. We had one that we were only like Teddy. Like That was not our only problem. And you can't look at those four games that we almost could have won under two minutes and say, had we won those, we'd be going well in the playoffs. That was not the case. Like there we had. Pro- and that was my main point was that there are problems. We need to address in this front office in the past has been very, very bad about going, oh, we can just put a bandaid over a stab wound and we're going to be okay to keep going. That's not the case. <laughs> And that was what we were doing. In the, and I don't want, yeah. and I know it's I, I know it's different from an office, but you don't want to sink back into that. Oh, yeah. And I think yeah. this is the first year where they finally, because the way this, the season went, this offseason, they, I mean, this is, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, this is one of the most proactive and most active offseasons I've oh, seen yeah. in a long time. Well, well I mean, Fritter This was in 2010, honestly. Fritter has made some moves, and he's made, he,
1: he, Fritter didn't make the splashy moves per se. I think he made great, solid moves, mm-hmm. if that makes Daquan, losing DeQuan Jones for the Titans—that's a big hit. Oh, uh, I'm gonna be honest. That's, and gaining Daquan Jones—it's a, it, it's a, it's it's a lot game. of one-year deals. Really
2: good.
1: Good GMs do that. GMs find a way of going. I'm not going splashy. I'm gonna get solid football players who are gonna make an impact. And that—that's the sign of—and that's a culture thing, Tyler. You mentioned. I mean, culture-wise, the Panthers are at a point now where I think they can build this culture. They got the team to do it. The young team to do it. I think they got the quarterback to do it. And now you build that culture. Listen, they had Cam and Steve and all those guys, and there was this, you know, there was this, there was this culture, and they kind of, and now it's back to where I
0: think we got that deal. We've got to build this culture. Well, Cam and Steve were very, were very indicative of the culture. It was right. when you're high, you're high. high when, when you're, you're low. low, you're either you know sad or pissed. Yeah. Like the, the,
1: here we And can you're going to talk the talk no matter what. <laughs> yeah,
0: or you're going to sit there with a towel on your head or, or you're going to buck up and go, no, we're good to go. Right. But I think that what the difference is with this is that <laughs> it's not been those bargain bin guys anymore. It's not those guys that could it, – it's guys that it's potentially – Oh, no. It's, solid football. Yeah. it's guys who go, we see what they can be. We see what – because they've shown us what they can be. We just gotta make it work on our on our roster. And I think that's where this season has been different in other than, season, yeah. than yeah, this or excuse me, this off season has been different than in other respects. And that's what, you know, I think that's why I'm I'm so and that's why I'm so ready for this like season. I'm like, let's like let's let's win it all. I think we can. And I'm having to restrain myself going, you know, we're still trying to make things and that's why I'm so on the coaches to go, hey. Let's win now because it's one of the it It's been the first longest time in a while.
1: To me, anything less than second in the division is a disappointment.
0: That's what I'm like. It's been, and that's why I'm so like on yeah. all, all the coach's ass because like we could do really well this year, especially we if Jameis, if Jameis,
1: if Jameis is the old Jameis or the not so good at Jameis. I, I, I don't know. I mean,
0: unless Sam Darnold's just a crapshoot. I mean, what do we realize? Well, I think if he does, if, if if by week three or four he's not performed, I guarantee you from either pampas Twitter or social media, it's gonna be like the Hey Arnold intro where everyone's just trying to figure out where Darnold is because he hasn't shown up yet. And so it's gonna be different players' faces over their characters going, "Where
2: is he? He's not here." With the flashes uh, he's running. It, it, it's the thing though. It, it's the thing about about Sam. At least with at least I know we've been you know been badgering that that Sam and Ryan Tannehill thing. For the for the entire episode, but it's just if I gotta if I gotta just break down who I think would be like, like I mean Ryan Tannehill I think he's this is kind of that thirty three and seven year he had last like this past year, that's kind of like I, I think that's that's a great year for him great year for any quarterback but that's kind of it's kind of a ceiling it's kind of like an invisible ceiling on Ryan Tannehill I think that it's kind of there you know he's still not like a you know he's probably never gonna be an elite quarterback you know he's gonna hover around like like around, right right around ten if he could possibly get there. Donald has all the makings of, and at least when he came out, he's got all the makings of what what a a all, all pro level quarterback can be like, at least from a physical tool standpoint. And I think there's more potential there with Donald than it was with than, than it was with Tannehill. And not only that, there's a better offense around around Donald than than Tannehill. Than Tannehill has is from perspective of just overall talent. Like from talked about, like okay, now he's got Julio Jones. I mean, you can't. I'm not, I'm not going to count Julio Jones now, but. I I would probably say I like DJ. I I like the receiving core better than just AJ Brown in Tennessee. I would say I like Christian McCaffrey as a weapon more so than I like Derrick Henry as just a pure running back. And I'm going to try to ease it because
0: it's the one dimensional. It's no, he's not. He's got a point. Whereas the offensive, the the wide receiver group for the Panthers right now is more dynamic in terms of the weapons because with AJ and Julio, you've got again just two. Let's just run some fades. They might run through you while they do so, but at least with, you know, the Panthers, you've got some guys that can go up, can go mid, can go low. And then with Derek, I mean, you can do the screens fairly well, but in terms of like going out to the flats or some corner routes, you're not going to see Derek running gonna in in and out.
2: You're going see- to quit forgetting how, how they're they, they going quit forgetting how raw Christian McCaffrey was the last few years. I'm going to tell you. Right the, and got it's going to
0: be the problem with both of those guys, is,
2: and, and
0: injuries are so, so, so delicate.
1: Let me because- just, let me,
2: I just got to stop <laughs>
1: <laughs> so the Titans win the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, they they won. Okay,
0: Titans win the Super Bowl. Ryan Tannehill <laughs> gets MVP. I don't think he would. It would be Derek. If, he, if
1: you're winning it's the Super Bowl, Bowl, it's almost, because Derek. No,
2: no, no, Ryan will get it, bro. It's this quarterback award. Oh, come
0: on, it's oh, because it's the quarterback.
2: It's his quarterback award now.
1: Does that then take him to elite status? Oh,
2: of course. If, but yeah. if it was a fit everybody'd be drunk. You know what
0: I'm saying? <laughs> I was going to say, like, the same way he did to Eli Manning. Or like,
1: I just don't get, like, so me so Ryan Tannehill is the third best quarterback in the NFL.
0: It depends on your definition of success. Wait, wait. It depends oh, like, wait. a value and your definition of elite. Like, he's top 15.
2: Top 15 is not bad. Like, that's not,
0: that's not a bad quarterback. Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, that's not a quarterback. Ryan Tannehill on the Titans and the role he plays on the Titans with that offense, I think, yes, is honestly, it's got top 10, top five. Ryan Tannehill on top five. Where
2: top 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 no, hold 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 top five. five. Okay. okay, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. You can just throw you can throw Josh Allen, Josh Allen in there. Then I gotta go to the next tier, and I'm still not getting the Tannehill to probably. To, I want to start looking ahead. Tannehill to probably like nine or ten.
0: I'm not putting, I mean, I'm not putting Big Ben over him right now. I'm not putting. I mean, it would be a fight between and try, like it's again. It depends on like once you, know, you go those four. Once you go the four you just mentioned,
1: I think anything there's five. Five is it could be anybody.
0: I'm just because I, well, be I mean like this. if you look, if you look at Lamar, I mean yeah.
1: Lamar's
2: thinking, the MVP. I'm sorry, Lamar's still an MVP. I can't. I'm not. I'm not giving Tanya Lamar. I'm
0: sorry, but, but I'm just. I, it's I mean, he's got obviously the insane athletic ability to do that, but like, what all is it translated to? You know, that's what I'm trying to say. Like. If you turn, if you're talking, look, I'm talking like Ryan Tannehill is a, like he's just a leader, like he he's a motivator, he's a propeller of town, he can make those guys better. Yeah, you you like,
2: wait 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 a minute, that that wasn't even the case until, until like a year ago, because even yeah, even yeah. the even the year they made it to the championship game, we didn't say that by Ryan Tannehill, we said he got carried there by that defense and Derek Camber. We're not gonna forget what we were saying. Now, like, is true? I, I, like now this past season he took a step. Now I now now he took a big step this past year. He looked more like a, a he looked more like the guy. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, yeah. So I'm I mean, I'm just gonna hold off on that for just for now. It's the same.
0: Thing
1: oh, like
2: I'm sorry, but I, I found the quarterbacks that are better than Ryan. Than, than Ryan Tannehill. I, I was gonna read them out later. Go ahead. I'm uh, Ryan Tannehill. has
1: like James- been more successful in the NFL than Cam
2: Newton has. Cap. No, Cam's got. to you know, he, he, he's oh, got an after
0: you records broken. Like no, I'm just, I'm just saying that. But what i is <laughs> you well, you gotta, gotta get me out of pocket, right? <laughs> and so we can hope and pray that the Panthers, you know, do well and they can make the playoffs. I mean, they've got their window <laughs> for the first time. They've got they've got this window, I think, of you know, five, six years where they can just as long as they continue to go with that success, it depends on just how they go about it and how this new front office is how the new front office is going to gel. That's really what I'm looking at. But I think, you know, the one thing, no matter what is going on with the Panthers, no matter what is going on with the organization, who's in leadership roles, who's in ownership roles, the character and the community of the team and organization never changes. And we saw that this, this, this week, especially when everyone knows everything that the Olsen family has been going through with their son, TJ, who was told about a week ago that he was going to need the heart transplant and that things were taking a turn for the worst. And within that week, I mean, he spent all week, uh, he spent all week at Levine Children's Hospital, you know, about two, three blocks from the stadium. And you saw a consistent outpouring of support for him and his family. You saw it on Panthers social media, on Hornets social media. You saw it everywhere. And I just think it's crazy. I mean, no one in this organization, I think, I mean, almost there's maybe like, 10% of the front office and social media department and leadership that actually interacted with Greg, I I would imagine. I mean, the numbers might be off of that, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's been a new consistent change. There's no, I mean, barely any coaching staffs are there and they're still pulling out for this guy. Who's already, you know, who's not even in the league anymore. And I mean, because I think it's just insane. And not only that, but we also have to mention uh, to uh, our, our summer condolences also to the Charlotte observer and their community, because within the month they have lost two staff members, a longtime photographer, and then Rick Benell as well, a Hornets beat writer since literally the inception of the team. And um, that was a, a big blow to the community. And you saw the Panthers reach out to it. He, he didn't even cover the Panthers and the Panthers still, you know, said something about it as well. And so I just think no matter who's in the front office, no matter who's on the field, the, the character, of the Panthers never changes and you don't, I mean, you're always going to say that as a fan, you know, you don't see that anywhere else. I I truly don't think you do. And as toxic as the fans can be on Twitter, they can come around for those moments and you saw it, especially with TJ. And so thank the Lord that they were able to find a donor very quickly. And then, so all the prayers to whoever that was, their family and and, and their family, and hopefully they know, and hopefully they know what, what that led to. Um, And it's just insane. I know the fight's not over for TJ, but the support isn't over for the family either. No matter where the Olsen family is, no matter he is awake though, where huh, he's they awake. Said he is okay, well, that's good. And I see you. No matter where the Olsen family is, no matter where the Davis family is, the key, like they're always going to have the support of the fan base. And I think that's, that's really special. And so just, you know, looking forward, like I said, we, we took a little bit of a break, um, but we're, 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 we're in full story. We're, 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 <laughs> oh, man, we're back. That, that is, one thing <laughs> that is certain. None, nothing else in the podcast. is certain. That's one thing that's certain. We're back and better than ever. And so we are going to continue to keep bringing you as much content as we can now that things are, you know, starting to let up a little bit. Doesn't mean things are we're out of the woods yet, but things are trying to let up a little bit. And so hopefully it might even been the chance for a podcast reunion because people don't know we haven't all been in the same place ever. <laughs> we didn't have that, so we're, we're still looking for that first episode on person. But until that time and until the regular season can come around, y'all
1: keep on it.